Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Casual Sports Fans. Here we are giving you our fantasy football hot takes, and I'm telling you, these are the blazing wings of hot takes. Well, not all of them. I'd say one in particular. <laughs> but, but we are giving you fantasy football insight of what could potentially happen this year and, you know, the upsides and downsides of these players. So let's get right into it. takes by position we each have one per position so quarterback running back wide receiver tight end so let's start off with the quarterback hot takes Evan go ahead and go first okay so this hot take is pretty I mean I'd say it's pretty hot based on what we saw last year my hot take is that Zach Wilson will be a top 15 fantasy quarterback this year Okay, you guys may be thinking, so that's probably the blazing hot this take is, that you're is, talking about. This is not. It's not. He's being serious. Okay, so with this take, I'm basing it off upside and what this offense could bring. It's not just off Zach Wilson, but we have seen quarterbacks that are known for having bad accuracy go into your second year and improve on that. A lot of quarterbacks um, have their first season, see what they made the mistakes and get better from it. And Zach Wilson made his mistakes last year with only nine touchdowns to 11 interceptions. But Zach Wilson won't have to do that much to become fantasy relevant this season because of what the Jets did in this offseason. The first thing they did was they improved their offensive line. Hopefully, okay, Becton gets healthy, and they should be better this year. But the main things were adding a guy like Garrett Wilson, who in my eyes is the best wide receiver in the draft. That's a major upgrade for Zach Wilson giving him, I think, a top-fledged wide receiver. And then you also add Bryce Hall, who's a receiving back, a back that can also take some pressure off him at quarterback and will give him some statistics. And for Zach Wilson to be top 15, he just needs to improve on his, to stop throwing interceptions and just keeping his team the ball. If he just gets the ball to his weapons and becomes like a Kirk Cousins type for the season, he can hit the top 15 with the talent he has. And I don't think it's that great. So, but this may not happen if Zach Wilson produces like last year but if he can step up his game just a teeny bit to become a competent quarterback it's not all the rim i just don't think zach wilson's good all right but here is a good quarterback tom brady's gonna finish as a top three fantasy quarterback this year yeah he lost gronk he's gonna be missing chris godwin for a little bit but you know what as he's getting closer to retirement like he literally retired and then said all right i'm coming back I don't think he would do that if he didn't think that he could play at an MVP caliber level. He threw for 5,300 yards last year. So to say that him finishing as a top three quarterback, it's not that bold of a take because essentially if he just throws a bunch of touchdowns, he can do it because you know he's a shoe in for a good amount of yards. Now, we're talking about hot takes here. Do I genuinely 100% think that Brady's going to finish as a top three quarterback? No. Should you draft him as such? No. What I'm saying is that he has the potential to do so. And I think that that's a potential that could actually happen this year. So that's my hot take. I'm talking about good quarterbacks. Yeah, my my, my biggest concern with that comes with the Chris Godwin news that we've been hearing lately that he may not be ready for season. Along with Gronk retiring, we don't know if that will stick. But even if Gronk comes back, it's likely to be later in the season, which could contribute to Tom Brady not being a top three fantasy quarterback. Also, looking at the guys he has to be above, it's going to be pretty hard because the rest of the guys have rushing upsides. Brady's going to have to put together one of the best 
passing seasons we have ever seen because he's not going to give you those rushing yards. He did it last yeah. season. He did it last season. He was top three last season. What I'm saying I don't is see it again. I, I, I see it very unlikely to happen. Okay, again. okay. So we're going to go. But these are hot takes. Gonna, They're hot takes. We're going to skip over running backs because we'll finish. Because, all right, I'm reeling it a little bit. Running, <laughs> make is the, running back is one of the Andrew's running very hot takes. We'll do tight ends next. So, tight end, my hot take is that Zach Ertz finishes as a top five tight end. And you may be thinking, oh, that's not that hot of a take. He's, like, ranked as the number nine tight end right now. But that means that he needs to finish ahead of one of, or, yeah, one of Kelsey, Andrews, Waller, Kittle, Kyle Pitts. It also means that he's going to outperform Dalton Schultz, Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson, a lot of the guys in his tier. And especially with DeAndre Hopkins coming back after six weeks, people think that that's not going to happen. But I'm just thinking that I think he's going to get enough value over those top six weeks that even if he's just mediocre over the next, over the second half of the season, that he can still sketch into that, you know, top five position barely I it's not a super yeah. super hot take but based off of where he's being drafted at the moment and the tight ends that he has to pass it kind of is so that's my hot take with like how much of a crapshoot tight end is I'm not too mad about taking my take it's I think it's a bit less likely than that because of how great these two guys are talent wise but based on the situation what's happened this offseason my hot take is that both Kittle and Waller will not finish the top five of wide receiver posi- at the tight end position. Not wide That's receiver. terrible. Andrew thinks it's terrible, but I'll go through the players again with George Kittle. I'm not going to fully base this off injury. He gets injured a lot of years because of what he does as a blocker. Just He hasn't stayed healthy in a few years, first of all. So that is one thing that could easily drop him out of the top five. And even then, we haven't seen him produce with Trey Lance. And on a week-to-week basis, he hasn't been great. With all the question marks there, there's a decent chance that he doesn't finish in the top five. And with Darren Waller, I see his upside is pretty limited. I've talked about all the other guys that can steal targets from him. And just with only two touchdowns last season, an offense where Devonta Adams will be that lead guy. I think Waller, once again, he was injured last season. I'm not going to bet on that. He might miss a game or two. But I also think he can finish around six or seven. Because I think he'll just be getting okay production. And there's a pretty solid slot chance he slides into maybe the five or maybe the four. But I think there's a chance that Maybe Schultz has a bit of a better season. Maybe Ertz has that good season. Maybe Waller gets... Like, there's just more question marks with these two guys that if things don't fall out perfectly for the two of them, there's a solid chance they both are on top five. Okay, let's get to wide receiver. So, because I, I, I just don't really have words for that take. We're just going to... Yeah, and you're not happy. I, I just don't He's really not happy about that one. I don't really agree, mostly because... I'm not even going to get into it. That's why I'm so frustrated. Okay, I'm going to go first for wide receiver. So, both Chargers wide receivers, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, finish top 12 this year. And you may be thinking, how is that going to happen? Well, first of all, Keenan Allen has a very safe floor in terms of as long as he's staying healthy. And under this assumption, we are assuming that all players are staying healthy for these bold takes. Because obviously anything can happen when it comes to injuries and stuff and factoring that in. So if we're assuming that both of them stay healthy over a full season, Mike Williams doesn't need 17 great games of production to be a top 12 wide receiver. He just needs like 
six or seven great games, and that'll do it. And I know, okay, that's just a typical wide receiver and how they have up and ups and downs throughout the season, but we've seen Mike Williams at his best, and through the first, what, six weeks of the season, he was a top, like, three wide receiver, or I'm not sure if it was that, but it was something ridiculous like that. So for him to just simply beat top 12, he just needs six or seven strong games throughout the year. And I think Herbert can genuinely pass for 5,000 yards this year. Like genuinely, I think we're seeing that level of progression. I think he's in a locked and low division with a lot of shootouts. I think we can genuinely see Herbert throw for like 5,000 yards, which means another very solid 90 to 100 reception, uh, 1,200, 1,300 yard Keenan Allen season. Even though the touchdowns will be low, he'll be very solid. He'll sneak into the top 12. I think both these guys, I'm not predicting that either of them will be top six receivers. I'm just saying both of them will be somewhere in the 7 to 12 range, and they'll both end up as top 12 receivers. I don't think that that's a terrible take at all. I mean, it happened last It happened last year, so I don't think it's Wait, that. Mike 11 and 12, I, just, I, I checked, and it's No, what? I didn't even realize that. So it's, I mean, you could say it's... Um, but you can also say that the only reason that happened is the they, Mike, weren't, they weren't top 12, both top 12 in points per game, and they were there because other wide receivers were injured. Yeah, yeah, you can make the argument that they were there because they were healthy. Just like Najee Harris being, what, the number three running back last year behind... Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler simply because he was just able to stay healthy enough to do so. He was, I think, eighth or something in points per game. So my argument is not that they're going to finish, but that they're going to be um, top 12 points, in points, points per, per game. game. Points per game. So that regardless of injury, they will finish this. And last so season in points per game, they were ranked, okay, they were like maybe 10 and 13 or something like that. So, so it's it's not... It's, it's not you, that, you couldn't have told me this before we started recording. It's the fact that they'll both be able to pr- pr- like produce at that high of a level. Too? Do it that's, again. That's a hot it's, take. I say it's a hot take. My take, I, I like to claim it's a bit higher, but I think it's very realistic based on what we're seeing. And I don't have him ranked here, but based on upside, I think there's a very solid chance that a rookie, Chris Olave, will finish as a top 20 fantasy wide receiver. Hearing it from the jump, you may think it is a bit hot until you look at the situation that the Saints are in. First of all, Michael Thomas, who knows what he's going to be like? He, first of all, hasn't played in two years. Second of all, is he even going to be healthy? And if he is healthy, is he going to be good? And we don't know, like, at all. And other than that, the only other competition is Jarvis Landry, who hasn't been that great over the past few years. And look at Chris Olave, who was picked over Jamison Williams. He's taken, I think, 12 overall for the Saints, a guy that they're going to use. We have seen rookie wide receivers picked even lower than that produced at that high volume. Chris Olave is sliding to a Saints offense that's going to pass the ball. When teams have given Jameis Winston the keys to the offense, he throws picks, but he also throws for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns, which could be enough, and I think should be enough to put Chris Olave into top 20 wide receiver production. Could even be higher. At the end of the season, we could, we could be talking about Chris Olave being probably not top 12, but maybe only a bit lower than that. All right, Evan, what's your running back take? And even though it's hot, it is not as hot. Yeah, I'll start with mine because we've got to finish on Andrews I can so I can yell at him a bit. My take is that both of the Packers running backs will finish um, top 20. I'll say in points I'm per game. I'm a Packers fan, so I love I'm a this Bears, take. I'm and a Bears Evan's fan. I'm a Bears fan, and he's saying it, so you know it's that. I'm talking. I'm going to say half PPR to kind of balance out Aaron Jones' PPR stature with A.J. Dillon, who will catch some passes but won't catch as many passes. And I'm saying this. Because you look at the Packers' offense, and taking away Devontae Adams is huge when you look at receptions. 
So you look at the receptions in this offense. Devontae Adams had over 100, I think maybe 112. He led the NFL in receptions, and that's gone. And we look at where touches go, especially receptions go, when a major target leaves, it is tended to go to the running back, which will favor Aaron Jones. And I think because of that, Aaron Jones will be a great PPR running back. I'd take him in the second round. But a lot of players, some people are sleeping on is A.J. Dillon. And what they don't see is what A.J. Dillon did last season and what I think he will continue to do. And what he did was he outcarried Aaron Jones last season. I mean, he played a few more games, but towards the end of the season, you could see A.J. Dillon each and every game outrushing Aaron Jones. And he ended the season with 803 yards and five touchdowns. And with, I think the Packers are going to go more run heavy this year. He'll keep getting these rushing yards. And I think Aaron Jones and half PPR can finish around the top 10. A.J. Dillon could sneak into the top 22 with maybe 900 rushing yards. Um, didn't get that many catches last season, but he got 34 receptions and 313 receiving yards. That is not bad. These running backs are going to be in two running back sets. I think these both these running backs should be guys who are targeting fantasy drafts and can finish both top 20 points per game basis. I love this take as a Packers fan. I'm actually wearing a Packers shirt right now as a vintage one that I got from a shop. I think it's pretty good. It's a little it's a little funny, but, I mean, obviously you guys can't see it, but I think it's all right, actually. Yeah. What, what do you guys think of it? Seeing nothing. I don't know. Seeing absolutely nothing. No, but <laughs> I, I like it. Okay. My take is that in full PPR, one-point oh PPR, single-point PPR, Kareem Hunt is going to finish ahead of Nick Chubb this year. No injuries involved. Kareem Hunt is going to finish ahead of Nick Chubb this year. No injuries involved. Now, hear me out. Can we have anything to back this up stats-wise? I'd like to have any stats to back this up. Okay, okay, okay. So, we're thinking that Tyrod Taylor might be the starting quarterback this year, correct? Very yes. reason. Because it's very yes. quick. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't see where this is you going. See, you see where I'm going? Okay. No, okay. I see the opposite, actually. No, no, no. no. So, Tyrod... Wait, 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 no. Is it... No, it's, it's not Tyrod Jacoby Taylor. Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. But I see exactly how I this should, would help Chubb. I, okay, I honestly might go back and no, no no we'll keep going i just that doesn't tweet. change the well, taking tyra bad. taylor tyler tyra taylor was tyra taylor was on the browns um a couple years ago so jacoby Brissett, if you notice in his games with the miami dolphins last year miles gaskin had like 10 8 6 7 receptions in pretty much every single game did he that yeah the, if you check his stats, he did. The Jacoby Reset was quarterback. Okay, I need And so I'm thinking in single-point PPR, Hunt, who, first of all, is an incredible rusher and was really good at the beginning of the season last year. He was a top-six running back in PPR last year for the first small stretch of games over Nick Chubb last year. So what I'm saying is I feel like he could do that over a full season of games if we're seeing him just get the ball dumped off. Because the thing is the Browns, offense might be kind of bad this year. There are going to be a lot of, you know, third and tens, you know, second and eights, you know, instances where we may see the passing uh, running back take hold and come onto the field. Nick Chubb isn't going to have a lot of value if he just gets touchdowns and just gets early down work. Because even though the offensive line is good, no, with you're... Jacoby Brissett as quarterback... Come on, Andrew. Oh, it was targets, not receptions. Wait, okay. Week. The first game they played there was Baltimore, where Gaskin had one catch for 14 yards. The second game they were together was Houston, where Gaskin had, he had six, okay, he had six catches. That's actually good. Yeah. That was on the low end of what you're saying. Okay. Then next, Tampa Bay, in which she got, ooh, 10. 10 yeah, catches. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm Indy. saying. Wait, Indy, zero. Zero catches. Wait, no, are we sure? He might have gotten hurt that game. He, he did nothing. Yeah, because yeah, I'm pretty sure Gaskin had those up Vegas, and down. Vegas, 
Vegas, Miles Gaskin had six targets, three receptions. Okay, that was a little... And then New England, um, Gaskin had five catches on five See, targets. See, and Gaskin's not even good. Yeah, but let's... Gaskin's not even good. Kareem Hunt okay. once led the NFL in rushing. Okay, yes, that has nothing to do with the receiving work. But Kareem Hunt is a Let very, me bring up very argument. good receiving back. Let me Nick bring up another Chubb. argument. I'm just saying the Browns might be behind in games. They may stack the box versus Nick Chubb. He may finally see a low yards per carry, which for him would be anything below five yards per carry, which is just ridiculous because Nick Chubb is ridiculously talented. But we may see Nick Chubb fade a little bit and see Kareem Hunt come into his own just as he's getting fed in during garbage time like Let me ask you Swift this. was last year. Let me ask year. you this. When has Nick Chubb had great quarterbacks? When has that harmed his yards per carry? He said 5.2, 5.0, 5.6, 5.5. With know. He had 996 yards the first year, but has put up over 1,000 yards every single year after. Why is he just not going to be the focal point of this offense? They're just going to hand him the ball. And Nick Chubb is that good. Who says it's not going to be a two-back system where Kareem it, Hunt just Kareem gets Hunt, fed reception. Kareem Hunt, it'll be a, like a 70-30 split. is going to finish ahead of Nick Chubb. It'll either be a 70-30 split or a 65-35 split. And in that case, with Nick Chubb's efficiency and touchdowns, the worst of his career has been eight. He's gotten eight three times. He'll get eight touchdowns. He'll get 1,200 yards. Cream Hunt re- will do better. His rece- no, he will not. He'll get, like, maybe 600 rushing yards. He's going to get 1,000 rushing yards. Oh, my. There's he's no- going to catch 70 receptions. Oh, my God. 70? Yes. <laughs> You're love- laughing now, but it's going to happen. This is gonna be something that I'm gonna keep on my phone for. Ah oh, crap! This is this is gonna stay on my phone oh, for a while. No. Oh no! Oh no! This 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 isn't. It is going while, to while happen. A slim reasoning of this. It is rooted in Jacoby Brissett passing on to a terrible Miles Gaskin. That's the narrative. That's but, the narrative. But Miles Gaskin was the receiving back. He was the person to pass to. Yeah, and that's what Kareem Hunt is. Plus, he but gets Miles, brown Put Miles Gaskin, if you average his paces, he would have gotten maybe like 40, 50 catches. 40, 50 catches in, in six, 700 yards would not go above Nick Chubb's 1,200 yards, okay. eight touchdowns, something, and 20 catches. Okay, okay. something. Can I just or 25 point, can catches. I just, can I just point something out? Wait, wait. For, how, many, how many games did Chubb play last year? Chubb missed. Uh, Chubb played 14 while Hunt played eight. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Look, Chubb. Chubb in full PPR had 15.4 points per game versus Kareem Hunt had 13.8 points per game. And Kareem Hunt was missing time and Chubb had time where yeah, but Hunt did, was did, not did, on did, the Hunt, field. did Hunt ever play after the injury? Chubb did. Hunt did not. Could that have factored into? See, they're already pretty close. And you discount the times oh where God. Chubb was playing without Hunt's injury. Mm. They're pretty much even in full PPR. Think about it. Just think about it. When they were on the field together, Hunt was scoring more than Chubb, actually. I'm going to remind you, I I like Kareem Hunt in fantasy. I just feel like this take is going slightly overboard with it. But last year when they were on the field together, Kareem Hunt scored more than Nick Chubb. Do you want to go to the game law? Like, does the game law... Like, are you saying that? Or is there, like, a specific numbers in a game-by-game? Oh, okay. Let's go to the game-by-game. Like game I, by game. Wait, wait. What website should I do to confirm? I went on ESPN and looked in the game by game of Jacoby Brissett and Miles Gaskin. So ESPN may be the move. Does it show fantasy points though? No. I, oh, I look at. Fa- I just look uh, yeah. At I want to look at. I want to look at fantasy points. Um, maybe Fantasy Pros has. I think Fantasy Pros probably has a game log on both these players, and we can look. Um, in the meantime, Andrew's searching it up. 
I think this is partly a talent thing. I think Nick Chubb is a more talented player. And I also think in the past, he started to catch the ball a bit more. Not a lot, but in 2019, he had 49 targets and 36 receptions. And in 14 games, he had 20 receptions last season. So there's no reason that he can't get like 30 or 35 receptions of Jacoby Brissett just dumping it off, if that's your argument. Um, I think the yards per carry being 5.5 with bad quarterbacks says enough. I just see it as a situation where one running back is better, so you should keep them on the field more. Nothing against Kareem Hunt. I think he'll be a good fantasy pick based on value because people are going to be picking him really late, and you can get him, and he can be your running back three. He can be your flex play, and that'll be great. But to say he'll be above a guy drafted in the second round, I, I, I like the idea, though. I like the idea that okay. you went this far for a So. By the way, if we they both missed some time last year. Because remember, yes, we had some Dearness Johnson games. So the issue is I'm going to discount Kareem Hunt's week 12 and 14 games. Because no, no, no. it looks like he missed time and then tried to play through it at the end and only had like just a couple rushing attempts. It didn't look like he played a complete game at all whatsoever. And even though I wasn't... So we're not going to discount maybe Chubb playing a bit injured and then playing... All we're, no, no. Yeah, yeah, we won't. For Chubb and Hunt, we are only going to count weeks one through five when both were on the field at the same time and both were healthy. Agreed? So they're both healthy and they're both on the field at the same time. Did Hunt not play past, like, his injury? Not really. Hunt just, like, did not. They actually, it looks like Hunt left the field in week six, but we'll include it anyway just for the sake of this. So if we're doing single-point PPR, we're looking at uh, 17.1 plus 6.3 plus 27.5, plus 16.6, plus 25.9, plus 10.8. So that's 104.2. Evan, can you remember 104.2? 104.2. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, actually, no. 104.2 minus 10.8, because we're only doing that. Sorry, the 10.8 was week six. So so are you not including that now? No, no, because Nick Chubb was only on the field through week one through five, and we need to do it when they're both on the field. I'm just trying to keep it even. So that's 93.4, okay? Mm -hmm. 93.4. So 22.1 plus six. Yeah. What was it? 93.4? Okay. Yes. Plus 8.4 plus 11.5 plus 24 on the dot. 82.8. So in the first five games, when they're on the field together and both healthy, Kareem Hunt outscored Nick Chubb already What did Nick Chubb do in week five? What did Nick Chubb do in week five? He had 24 points. He had 21 rushing attempts for 161 yards and a touchdown. He even had a reception. I'm I'm just kidding. He averages like one reception a game, so that's normal. I averages two a game. (laughs) Okay, all I'm saying is... Kareem, I, I'm going to try try to sound a little more sane here. Yeah. Like, Nick Chubb already was being yeah. outscored by Kareem Hunt when they were both on the field. And, I, okay, both our, our respect. and now our there's going to be a quarterback that is not going to be that good, but loves to dump it off to running backs. And, you know, that's the whole argument. Like, we don't know what the offense is going to look like with Jacoby Brissett. Well, Jacoby Brissett did kind of feed a not-so-good and inconsistent Miles Gaskin. We can agree that Kareem Hunt is much better than Miles Gaskin. Yeah. So, all I'm saying is there is a path. Do you at least see the path now? I see see the path. I'm not crazy. No, I'm a little crazy. I'm a little crazy. But you see that there is a path. It's slim, but it's there. I think that based on the differences in ADP out of any backfields, this is the most likely to be a flopped on who scores more. 
I just, like you mean like Kareem Hunt just has so much more value. For no, I'm saying like as year. as in where where Nick Chubb is being drafted in the second round to Kareem Hunt and maybe the sixth, seventh, or eighth yeah. versus any other running back two in the NFL. I think this is the one with the widest ADP difference that could be swapped on who. Yeah. So I, I respect I I. I I think I wasn't just saying yes. words. To be fair, I was yes. saying them before I like actually did the numbers to back it up. But I kind of knew that the numbers were there. I just hadn't done the official numbers. I knew that it was close regardless. I didn't know that Kareem Hunt actually beat him by ten points. Over yeah, that I didn't know that either. Like that's crazy. All right, guys. So those are our fantasy football hot takes. Um, a little bit of a shorter episode than our tight end episode where we spent. 50 minutes talking about pretty much Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, and George... And, 20 no, minutes. George Kittle, we we spent like 20 Andrews. minutes per two players. Yeah, pretty or much. like per player. Yeah, pretty much. But I think it was a great episode because those guys... I think you guys should just go listen to it because you can just keep scrolling and just kind of hear about what players you want to talk to because we kind of advocate for both sides of each... Um, the good and the bad for yeah. all three of those. So you can use your own confirmation bias this way, each way, you know? Yeah, whatever confirmation bias you're looking for, you got it right here at Casual Sports Fans. Now I'll do it this time, Andrew and Evan. See you guys.